You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, and welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. On Thursday, it was assistant day at Arrowhead Stadium. We heard from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, defensive line coach Joe Colon, running backs coach Greg Lewis, offensive line coach Andy Heck, and safeties coach Donald D'Alessio. We'll go in that order, starting with Eric Bieniemy, followed by Steve Spagnolo, then defensive line coach Joe Colon. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Greg Lewis, Andy Heck, and Donald D'Alessio. Here's Eric Bieniemy. Good afternoon. Hope all is well with everyone. Uh, happy holidays. I know the holiday season is uh, upon us. Uh, with that said, it feels good. Coming off a, a good team victory, we found a way to drag ourselves across the finish line together, and uh, we're going to continue working to do so. With that said, I'm all ears. Coach, only one touchdown in the second half last week, and that's kind of uh, been a trend when y'all get up big in the first half. What's some people say it's taking your foot off the pedal. Some say you don't keep it on enough. What's, what's the mentality when you have a big league one in the second half? The mentality, it remains the same. The thing that we got to make sure that we're doing is keeping our guys focused and locked in. Our players got to make sure that we're not taking anything for granted. Just because we have a lead does not equate to a victory. We have to learn to strain to finish, and we need to learn to play every play as if it's by far the most important play. And we can do a much better job of that. Coach Mahomes had like a toss to Jarek McKinnon and took off, and I think that's probably going to be something that everyone talks about for a while, that touchdown. When you went back and saw that, I talked with Jarek after the game, and he said that that's something that you guys have actually practiced during camp. How many times do you actually practice plays like that that are just improvised? You know what? Uh, things happen. <laughs> I'll say this. It's, it's amazing because it, sometimes these guys can amaze you in many different ways, and Obviously, the play it broke down. Pat decides to to scramble and make something happen, and those guys were on the same page. We always work on plays when we can extend it, and guys know exactly where to go, and they understand exactly where they need to be. And Pat does a great job of keeping his eyes downfield, and he just locates receivers. And their job is to make sure that they're in the right place. But on top of that, if he's throwing it to you, Make the play. Make it happen. And so that was just by chance one of those things that just happened. And we see that type of stuff, unfortunately, every day. It's not anything that we take for granted, but it's just something that you find to be amazing once it happens on game day. Eric, you've got kind of a one-two thing going on now at running back. Do you feel like that gives opposing defenses maybe more difficulty than if you were to use one guy mainly? And if so, what what might that be? Uh, It's always good to have a number of guys that can – that can run it, but on top of that, they just give you different looks. Each guy presents something different. And obviously, Pacheco is more of a physical type runner. Um, Jarek is more of a jack of all trades. And uh, 
those guys are doing a hell of a job. And obviously you always want to throw them something that they're not expecting. And so I think those guys have done a heck of a job. Greg Lewis is doing a great job. Um, so whoever's numbers call, they know that, hey, they need to perform. And they understand exactly what their job is, but they also understand when they're in there, they have to make the very most of that opportunity. Rare Patrick will throw multiple picks in a game. When he does have those games, what do you see from him the next week as he tries to sharpen and, and correct those things? You know what? It's it's not anything different that I'm seeing. It's making sure that he's focused and locked in and not talking himself off the edge. And you got to understand, Pat's a he's a very competitive kid, and he's very self-aware of the mistakes that he makes. He's very self-aware of anything that's taking place on the field, especially in those critical moments. So when something like that happens, the only thing that you can do is, hey, man, listen, it's time to move on, okay? We can't keep killing ourselves over the mistake that we made. It was just like yesterday in practice. He kept talking about a scenario that came up and how he threw it, and he knew exactly what they were doing, and he's kicking himself in the face. I said, Pat, okay, today is Wednesday. Today we play the Houston Texans. Do not worry about that, okay? The only thing that we need to make sure is that we're not putting our team in a very uh, vulnerable state, okay? Because when something like that happens, that's, it, it tends to take the wind out of everybody. So let's make sure that we're controlling the controllables. And the only thing that we can control is what we do today. Eric, this was a big picture question. You guys had a lot of success running the ball under center down the stretch mm -hmm. and making the game that way. Just what are the benefits to under center running for you guys? Uh, I think some of the benefits is, it, I know the running backs will tell you, it gives them more of an opportunity to run downhill. Gives them a more of a running start. Ideally, it allows the old line to come off and uh, present different angles and run blocking schemes. But uh, our gun run production has been pretty good as well. Now, that particular run I thought Pacheco made obviously was well blocked. But the thing that, that stood out about it, it was the two or three missed tackles that those guys end up having, having because of his physical nature of attacking those guys in the back end. So I think every runner would love to line up in the home alignment seven, eight yards deep. I know myself, I used to do that. Now I look like a big old ball back there. But uh, those guys are doing a heck of a job when presented that opportunity to do so. So you got uh, Kadarius Tony and Nicole Harmon trying to work their way back. How have they looked in practice to you? You know what, Dave, I'll say this. Um, our training room has done a great job of getting those guys ready, you know, to, to participate with practice, but we'll just see how it goes. And, you know, the thing that, you know, our training room does, they do, they do a great job. So we're just going to go from there and see exactly what takes place. With Isaiah, he gets uh, pretty excited. He was obviously excited. That was a game injury, so it was just kneeled down after that. But how, much, how have you had to manage his kind of excitability to make sure he's doing – you know, the right things on the field. You know what? You, that's a part of him. So he's going to play excited regardless. So after every time he touches the ball, he has this juice and this energy. And I told you before, I want that same juice after every play call. Like, yeah, I just called that play. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> But he's, ex he's enjoying it. And you do not want to take that from him because that's a part of who he is. He loves that. It makes him – it re-energizes him for the next play. But – that's something that Pacheco has within him, and uh, we're just going to ride with it. <laughs> Last one, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Right. Thank you. Thank you.
Listen, as usual, I don't have a lot to say. We're looking forward to the next game here. Happy about getting the win last week. Would have liked to have played a little bit better, but we ended up with more points than they, than they had and won the game. So with that, we'll turn our attention to the next opponent, and I'll open it up. Last week, I mean, you guys had a big lead, and they got a little momentum going. What, you went back and looked at it. What did you attribute to yeah, there was, so it was two series at the end of the half, right? I mean, I think it's 27 nothing if my mind, uh, if my mind is right here. Was it a turnover? And then what, what was not good uh, when we talked about it was we didn't play sudden challenge or sudden change situations really good, and you have to do that in this league. So no matter where the ball was put, I think one was on the 42 and one might have been in the plus territory, but... Uh, no, more, no matter what happens there, we either got to get them three and out or at least hold them to a field goal if they're in field goal range. Um, that was disappointing. It, it, it brought us into the locker room with a different feeling than we should have had. But I'll say this, there was a silver lining to that. Um, you know, we came in the locker room, it's, it doesn't feel good, right? You were up 27 nothing. But I thought we responded well after the first drive of the second half um, because we, we had that one play. That, that, that play is the one... So in, in a lot of games, you remember only a few plays, right? Forever in that game, it's the screen I'm going to remember. Those, those are the ones that stick there. And we should have, we should have had to get that guy on, on the ground and found a way to get off the field. But um, sudden challenge situations, we've got to play better. But your rookie defensive backs have largely been <clears throat> impressive for how young they are this year. And this seemed like a little bit of a, a setback. What do you think is left for them to just feel like they're, they're confident and ready to go? Into yeah, the, you hit, the word you just said about confident is a big one. I mean, I felt like, remember way back when, when we had Jalen in there because um, Trent got hurt. And he plays against the Chargers. He gets that interception. That was tremendous for him. You know, Josh Williams is in there fighting as a rookie. And I forget what game it is, but he had the pick right in the red zone. That was great confidence for him. You know, and then there's, and, and as, the, as we get closer, and we talk about this all the time, as we get closer and closer to what we hope is a playoff run, et cetera, et cetera, the game changes, it gets faster, uh, teams we play are going to be better, we faced a better team, we played Cincinnati, and the same thing with last week, and the guy's got to step up, so there's a little bit of growing pain still there, uh, but there's a lot of downs there, I say this all the time about corners, you know, there's a lot of downs where those guys are doing a really good job that go unnoticed because the ball doesn't get thrown there. And uh, there's been a lot of downs where they've done a nice job with that. Steve, how do you coach? I mean, confidence. Because you always work with the guys in you know, yeah. all season, everything, one-on-one -on -one individually. And you know, you get a feel for what they are mentally. But how do you go across coaching that? Well, uh, again, you might have said it in your statement there. I think you build it with a player, at least for me personally as a quarterback, in a one-on-one. -on -one. And I've had, I have those all the time. Um, and it's best sitting in there and putting tape on it. I was doing it with Justin Reed this, uh, either this week or last week, um, and kind of getting specific, and then making sure that you finish with, look, you've been doing a great job. You know, keep doing the good things. Let's clean this up. But I think the one-on-one -on -one com conversations are the best. Bring them back to some things that maybe I have been through. This player that I had in years past. You know, you're playing a lot like he is, and you know, I think those kind of things. It remains to be seen whether Houston will do the same thing with their quarterbacks yeah. as they did last week, but have you gone up against a, a, a rotation like that, and how mm. do you prepare for that? I'm not sure we've gone in knowing it was going to be a rotation. We get it in certain games where a quarterback gets hurt, and you have to be ready for the backup. But, well, listen, we uh, we got to prepare for both of them. And, you know, we have a number six jersey out there in practice and a number 10 jersey, and the players have to be aware of who's taking the snap because – it looks like the football is a little bit different. Now, that could change. 
they could expand the package with, uh, with six and do some different things with ten. But it's two quarterbacks that I think, you know, one of them's a really good athlete, and, and let's not be fooled, he can still throw it. He didn't throw it a lot last week, but that doesn't mean he's not going to line up and throw the ball this week. So we got to be on target with what we do. You know, when, sometimes when you have that, it's more about what you're doing and not as much about how they're changing. But we, we do have to be conscious about which guy's taking the snap. It seems like the tackling the last couple of weeks has not maybe been as good as it was earlier. Yeah. You need to put your finger on No, that? but I tell you, what's going to, I think what happens on that is when you get a play like that screen, mm -hmm. Then we all remember the the little tack. You know, you know, if we knock them out and we ended up giving up three points, nobody would be saying anything about tackles. Um, but in this time of the year, it always needs to get better. Like you don't want your worst worst tackling games to be at the end of the year. You, know, you want those to be at the beginning of the year. There's not a lot you can do during the week. Um, I tell you what we do do. Even in yesterday's practice, where you know we don't have helmets on, and I and I go back and show it to them the next day. I expect those guys, even without helmets, to when they approach the ball carrier, to get in a position like in their mind they were tackling. I think that's the best you can do. The other things that come up that I think you can still work on uh, during practice is leverage the ball the proper way. You know, if you got two, if we're in white, right, we're the team in white, and I got two white jerseys in there in my periphery, and I got the ball carrier, I'll make sure I finish on that side. Little things like that, uh, but hopefully that'll get better. Steve, you talked about the second quarter. What did you see from your zone coverages? About like, what? The second quarter. Yeah. Right? When you struggled, the zone coverages there and, and your grabs. I don't remember what we were calling, to be quite honest with you. Um, a couple throws went to the flat and got 10 plus yards, so I just kind of. Yeah, yeah, one in specifically that you're talking about. We had it matched and, and we came off of it. Should not have come off of it. Would have made it a little bit easier now. <laughs> Might not have been able to throw it there. There's little things like that. And we've had a couple of check downs. Uh, now, you go back two weeks ago on the check downs. A little, bit, a little bit of that was because of what was going downfield, all those threats. So, you know, there was a conscious effort to say we're not going to give up the explosive pass plays, and sometimes that happens. And, you know, maybe we need to play a little bit differently. But the one, the one specific one that you're talking about, now that I remember, is we kind of came off the coverage a little bit. We should have stayed on. We've done a great first game for Brendan Williams. Just yeah, I'll your, tell you. Your, your evaluation, although I know it's, it's just one game. Yeah, really impressed with... It's kind of like Baker Mayfield, right? I mean, Brandon was only here uh, three days or whatever, and I, he did an admirable job. What, what he still can do as a D lineman is knock somebody back. He really helped us on the goal line. You know, we had the two or three goal line snaps. I think they, they took a penalty and went back, and then we were out of goal line defense. But uh, he helped us there, and uh, I was real impressed with um, how he picked it up. True pro, you know, veteran. Were you in Baltimore when he was there? Yeah, the, his rookie year, yeah. They're always different as rookies than they are when, when they're vets. But. You guys have done a really nice job with pressuring the quarterback this year, uh, and a lot of that has been timely blitzes. Where do you sense the, the four-man rushes at, at this stage, and do you feel like it needs to just be a little bit? Well, I, I did think through the course of the game, without doing all the plays, um, that we had four-man rushes where we, we have, in the last two weeks, we have gotten the quarterback to move. What we haven't done and what Joe and I and the, and the guys are talking about is we need to finish the quarterback when we get him moving around. That's where we need to get better. I think that the guys have gotten home in situations like you would want. I just think the finishing part of it is the next step for us. In the past, you know, when you've gone up against mobile quarterbacks, you've sometimes had to go to a uh, former high school quarterback or something to mimic that. In the practice, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
And this year you got two guys in Shane and yeah. Chris. Chris is great. Yeah, yeah how, Shane's great. How valuable has that been to have those two? Guys? It's a good point because um, when we have when we play these zone read quarterbacks and those two guys, they know what they're doing in that. I mean, they you know we put the card up and they read it, uh, but they'll look at it and know exactly what to do because they've done it, you know, most of their careers before they got into the NFL. That that's help real helpful. I, I value that both those guys to be able to do that. Coach. Uh, uh, a couple of years ago in the playoff game, I think it was Justin Reed that had the fake punt, and Sorensen made the tackle. Have you talked to him about that? <laughs> no, about I had forgotten all about that. I remember Dan making the play. Uh, I didn't. I had until you just said that. I had no idea it was Justin and, Reed. And is it, what is it about the Texans? Maybe that kind of like the Titans. Maybe it's just a matchup thing that gives you know Chiefs. Some yeah, they're good. Listen, it's a good football team, well coached. They still have play. You know, uh, listen. Uh, I've been on both ends of you know the really good and the and. And guys are prideful in this league. You know, they're going to play. Nobody's going to walk out there and lay down, and we don't expect that. I mean, I'm expecting a, a real tough battle here. We're going down there. They played Dallas really, really well, gained some confidence. They've Listen, they've got two quarterbacks now. They scored some points, right? They almost win the game. And that's a scary team. So we better be ready. Good? All right, thank you. Uh, obviously, my heart condolences go out to... Uh, the football world in terms of Mike Leach, a legend, and his passing unexpectedly. Got to know Mike when I coached at LSU in 1999, and he was the offensive coordinator at Kentucky. But uh, my, my condolences and, and uh, prayers go out to his family and the Mississippi State family. Uh, I'll tell you what now, the Texans, I mean, you look at the game last week, I mean, they had the game won, balls on the two-yard line, they punched that in. Coach Smith had those guys going, and they, they play extremely hard. They've done a great job. Uh, the ball hadn't bounced their way, but they, they, they took a really good Dallas team to the brink and really had, them, had, them, had the game won there. They punched that thing in. So we got our hands full offensively. You know, they got the two-platoon system with the quarterbacks. Driscoll does a great job. I remember when he gave us fits when I was at Baltimore at Cincinnati doing the same type of packages, and Mills can make all the throws. He's a, he's a stand-in-the-pocket guy, but he can make every throw there is, and they got a heck of a running back. Uh, they got two, three really good wideouts, so we got our hands full. And with that, I'll open it up for questions. Joe, the uh, Brandon Williams you saw on Sunday in Denver was that the Brandon Williams you remember? Yeah, you know Brandon did a great job for for coming in, and uh, he's got familiar with the system, and he knows Coach Spags. There's some carryover, but he did. He went in there and gave us some really good snaps. He was physical. Did a great job down on the goal line. I think he, yeah, we brought him here to knock the run out, but he was in on a half a sack. So he did some good things, and. We, we just know uh, we, we want him to continue to get better. The Texans ended up playing a couple of quarterbacks last week in more of a, you know, not just some guy got hurt. They were doing it maybe it's the way you'd see it in college or in high school or something. What's that prep like for your guys? Because you don't know what they're going to do this week. Well, you know, really, they had done it all year, but in situations. But, I mean, last week it was within the series. It was, hey, you start this series. It was within the drive. So it's, uh, it's challenging, and, and you guys got to be on point. And Coach Spaggs has done a great job. And the staff has with with the guys knowing that, you know, what's going to happen. You know, you, you never know, but what both quarterback, quarterbacks do well. So we're ready for that. Yeah, the, the, the longest tenured guys in your group are Frank and Chris. I just wonder, coming in to a to a defense where those guys have had success previously, um, how you see them working this year, and, and how have you tried to sort of help them motivate the rest of the room given their tenure together? Well, they've done a great job. Obviously, uh, that was one of the big reasons I came here. You know, my uh, relationship with Coach Spags and then Coach Reed. And uh, but, you know, Frank and Chris have been 
tremendous. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing a great job in terms of leadership. They're playing their tails off, and uh, I, th I think they both have done a great job all year. Uh, you know, Frank was on a roll, then obviously the suspension, but he came back at two two great games out of the gate there when he came back with the with the Chargers and the Rams, and um, you know, I just I, I think both those guys are going to finish strong and continue to do what they've been doing. Frank has um, obviously a history of having illnesses or obviously trying to manage, um, I guess, what he intakes in order to obviously be in peak condition. Have you been a part of that before previously with a player? And just I wonder from your perspective how that, how you try to maintain him or manage him as the game goes along if he does sort of feel... Um, well, you know, he's, he's had some bouts now. I mean, the, the Cincinnati game, anyone else wouldn't have played in the game. I mean, I would, I would just say that and leave it at that. But Frank's a fighter. He's a warrior. And there was no way he was going to let his guys down. He played, he, he, you know, he, he gave everything he had in that game. But it's just one of those, one of those things that he's had in the past. And he's done a, f a really good job of uh, watching what he eats and drinks and, and his body and, uh, so he could play at peak top performance. How challenging has it been for him? Because he's playing a lot thinner than he was before. I mean, he looks like a different guy than when he got here. It's a tough position to play when, you're, when you lost that kind of weight. What's, that, what's it been like to watch him kind of battle through that part, too? Well, I think, you know, he, he's in the 240s range. You know, he's been a little higher than that. But, I mean, he's quicker, more explosive. And I, I don't think it slowed him down in terms of the physicality. And, and um, you know, he's done a great job with that. Last two. Coach Spags mentioned that he's been happy with the four-man pass rush. The key now is finishing. What's the coaching point behind finishing, especially this late in the year when you're not having maybe as many physical practices? Well, it, it, the biggest thing about the four-man pass rush, and those guys have done a great job, and I think they'll all tell you they can do better and we can do better, is that when they're all together, there's, there's, it's a thing of beauty. I'm talking about when all four are in unison and they're working towards the quarterback, they're at the level, staying alive in the hunt. You know, Chris and Frank do a great job, Mike Dana, of, of coordinating that rush. Uh, you know, so I think, I think the biggest thing is just, you know, don't chase the sacks. Just do your job. Coach Speggs calls the defense. Whether it's a pressure, whether it's a four-man rush, do your job. And when you do your job, great things happen. You talk about doing your job, great things happen. Carl Loftus now has gone three straight games with a sack. Uh, what has gone into the light switch turning on for him? Well, you know, I think, you know, as you look at earlier in the year, George was getting near the quarterback. He was getting close. And sometimes the pressure aspect of it, the hits, those will all start turning into sacks. And then there's been a lot where he's missed, where he's had him in the grass. The first play of the game last week, he had Russell Wilson right around the waist. Now, that's not easy. It's a lot easier me standing here saying you're going to get that done. But just continuing to just getting better every week. And I always have said this, it's the hardest thing to do when you come into this league is rush the passer right away. You know, Frank and, and Chris were talking about it with George. Both of those guys, Chris didn't start his first year. He was a situational player. Frank didn't start his first year. He was a situational player. So we've thrown a lot at George. He's handled it well. I just think he's going to continue to get better, and especially this last stretch. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Coach, uh, into the game, it had to be satisfying for you guys to be able to run the ball, to kill the clock. That's got to be fun for a running back group to be able to do that. It was awesome to, to have an opportunity to go out there and seal the game or finish the game with, with Pacheco, with McKinnon. Um, but it was a collective group. I mean, it, it doesn't work with the guys without the guys up front and the quarterback and obviously uh, coach calling and dialing up those plays. So it was a great opportunity to be successful. We've talked to you a bunch of times about Isaiah and his, and his excitability, right? He, he's, he loves to play the game. He loves to run hard. You looked about as excited as anyone I ever saw in my life on just the first down run after that game. You never want to take that away from him, but can he get a little too high sometimes on, on the, just a regular old run? No, the, the big thing with, with Coach Reed and, and being around him for almost 20 years for me is that he allows you to be yourself and let your personality show. And Pop does a tremendous job of letting his personality show. And you don't want to take that away from, from anybody, any player, um, because then you're losing who they are as a player as well. So um, it's a fine line, but he, he knows where that line is, and, and we all understand it. And he, he's, he's towing the line, but he's doing a great job for us. Did you guys see that kind of you know, personality on tape when he was in college? Or was it something that you kind of learned as he got to OTAs? Because he's been pretty, pretty much like that since he got here, right? Well, when I had the opportunity to watch his tape, it, it was obviously the Rutgers tape. and. He was a physical runner in that and, and showed speed at the combine with, with the 4-3 running. Uh, but I got an opportunity to interview him at the combine as well and just sitting there talking face-to-face -face with him. He brought that same kind of enthusiasm and energy and juice to our little meeting. And from that moment, that, that's, that's the guy I want, and that's the guy we want here uh, to help us move forward. So it was awesome to see. Greg, both of your top two backs have been productive recently. What what problem does that present in opposing defense when you, you come at them with two guys that are really different players like you do? Uh, I, I wouldn't say they're, they're, they're different players. Uh, as a running back group, our job is to be able to run and to be able to catch. And I think all the guys that are involved in, in this running back room can, can do that. It's just whose number is getting called and, and when and taking advantage of those opportunities when they do. And for the most part, uh, these past few weeks, uh, McKinnon, Pop, they had opportunities to, to get in there and, and do their thing, and they've taken advantage of those opportunities. That, that last drive in Denver when you guys were in the four-minute mode and, and you ended up running out the clock, those guys were both kind of coming in and out of the game. How did you sort of decide in, in the moment, okay, who, it's, it's, it's Isaiah in here that one time or, or McKinnon. How, how do you make that decision? It's, it's actually a, a juggling act that I get help with from Coach Reed and Coach E.B., uh, and myself, and we sort of just figure out, we, we understand what, what certain guys uh, do well in certain situations, and we try to put them, put them in those situations to be successful. And I think we did a tremendous job of that, of putting them in those situations, and then those guys uh, took advantage of them and, and, and sealed the deal for us. So it, it was great. Take us back through the, the play that uh, when McKinnon caught the kind of flip pass from Patrick. What was your view of that from the sideline? And what did you see on tape afterwards that those guys were just kind of on that page together? The same thing y'all saw. My, my view was like, wow, that was pretty sweet. Uh, but McKinnon ran to the, to the flat and, and got out there, and the defense started to press Pat. As, as running backs, we, we really emphasized getting to the flat um, and sitting down out there and being available for the quarterback. And then that's just Pat being Pat, having awareness and, and eyes downfield and being able to, to see that and get it to him however he did 
and then Jet finding a way to go catch it and then taking the 56 yards. So it was a great play by them. Um, we practiced as a running back room and from a quarterback standpoint of detailing our work and being at the right place at the right time. And good things happen when you do that. So it was, it was great. What's more satisfying as a coach to see a play that's like perfect from the get-go or a play like that where it kind of breaks down and they, and they make something happen? Winning, it's just winning. That's satisfied as coaches. So however you do it. So coach, a lot's been made about the screen game, you know, because of the plays last week. How do, how do you teach your running backs to navigate that? I know there's a lot of blocking, but how do you teach them to navigate that space? Well, it's there's some small details that I don't want to disclose because I don't want everybody else doing it against us. But uh, Pop and, and Jed and, and Clyde and Rojo, Melvin, Ely, Bert, all those guys, we all work together and, and do the same thing. They get the same coaching. Uh, and then it's just about having a, a good feel for, for getting out into space and understanding how the blocks are going to be set up and then executing. So um, those guys do a great job of taking the coaching that's being given and then putting it out on tape and, and executing the play at a high level. Coach, uh, we've talked a lot about uh, that last run there by Pacheco. What, what kind of confidence does that give the running back room and then you as a positions coach to know that your guys can finish the game in a tough environment like that and being able to, because the knock on the Chiefs have been able, you know, not being able to run the football, but you guys have been able to do that. And you close the game out. What kind of confidence does that give you guys? Uh, the, the room itself is confident in itself uh, from day one. And I'm a confident individual as a coach. What, whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm coaching, whatever's asked of me to do, um, it's about putting in the time and the effort uh, and the work to be successful when you get out on the field. So the confidence never waned. It's not higher or lower based off what has happened. We are confident and we expect to get the job done. As I've said before, the standard is is the standard and that's what we expect to get done. So it's not a, I don't want to pat us on the back or pat myself on the back. It's what we do and what we're supposed to do. And I got the guys in that room that, that, that will get it done. Talking some crap this week? Uh, no, but we, we've communicated about, hey, let's get together and get a uh, burger or something. So it'd be good to touch base with him. But Charlie plays stuff close to the vest now. He wouldn't give me anything, even if I tried to make him. But no, uh, no trash talk going back. No, no, no. That's not how we roll. Not even a father-son bet? Who's paying for the burger? <laughs> Somehow, you know, even though he's playing professional football, I end up paying for uh, dinner. You know? <laughs> How proud are you of, of him getting in the league and kind of getting it done so far? Yeah, uh, I'm super proud of all my kids, certainly. But uh, it's it's extra fun uh, for me to have uh, Charlie competing in this league uh, in a sport that's you know so near and dear to our family. Um, I love watching him, you know, play and I've, and watching his growth from being you know a tall, lanky soccer goalie to a tall, lanky tight end, and then on to now an NFL tackle. What, uh, we're mid- middle of December now, and obviously a lot of people have their eyes on Orlando to start the year because of the contract stuff and all that, and he's pretty much kind of betting on himself, not signing a long-term deal. Where do you think he is right now, how he's performed for you guys, and what do you expect from him down the stretch? Yeah, um, so Orlando is a true professional and loves the game, and so... The thing I like about him and appreciate him is that he comes uh, to work every day. He's uh, into it. He understands. He sees uh, what it is that we're you know, trying to do and what he needs to work on, just like all of our guys. And he goes about the business of working at it every day. And so 
Um, I've seen progress as we've uh, moved through the season here, and it's going to be a work in progress for all of us. It always is. Some really nice PFF grades. I don't know what you guys use. Down the last month or so here, he's graded out very well. In your internal grading, does that kind of go along with what we've seen from some of those external? Um, yeah, you know, I come away from every game and, and we grade them. Uh, I'm aware of that there's PFF grades. I see some of them from time to time. Uh, I do rely on my own grades. Um, and I would say that every game, uh, we come away with every guy needing something to work on. Here's where we can be better. And then that's what we focus in on. Coach Reed gave you a lot of credit for the, the call on the inside run to Pacheco to, to close out that game the other day. What was uh, your, 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 your expectations and your, what was your confidence that you thought that that play was going to work? Um, you know, you've heard the saying, uh, let's plan the work and then work the plan. And so a lot goes into our preparation for these games in these critical situations. Uh, we try to put our guys in position to uh, play to their strengths, um, as well as, uh, when possible, go after where we see um, an opportunity in the defense we're facing. Um, and so that's the, the fun part of the game, you know, as we put together a plan and then to watch our guys go out and execute it. Uh, you know, for me, that's about as good a feeling as I can get in this sport since my days of uh, being able to knock someone over or over. What are some of the benefits of, of lining up, a quarterback lining up under center and running from under center as an offensive line? Uh, I would say uh, that it allows you to put a running back in the home or dot alignment. Um, which can give him a little uh, better vision, as well as it can be a two-way go, uh, you know, left or right. Um, that would be one advantage. A couple more. Coach, um, um, Lucas Niang has come back to the active roster. And what, what's, how's he been looking? And how's uh, Darian Canarver looking in his, in his rookie season? Uh, yeah, so it's good to have Lucas back and working. Uh, I think he looks great. You know, one of the things we love about him is his athleticism, especially for such a big man. Um, his feet uh, look tremendous. Uh, his pass sets, he's picked up right where he's left off. He stayed into it mentally and been in, you know, all of our meetings. Super sharp guy. Uh, so uh, I, I like the work that he's been putting in. It looks good. And then uh, DK or, or uh, Kennard um, really uh, has grown. We've seen him grow. You know, he played the tackle position, and then we've been getting him some more guard work. I think he's got that kind of flex. Uh, to whether he could play either or, but he's uh, taken to that guard position in there and, and looks great. You, you mentioned it takes you back to your old days of knocking people over. What did you think of Trey Smith's block on uh, Justin Simmons when you went back and watched it on the tape? Yeah, uh, I, I made the comment uh, to, to him that, hey, man, this is illegal in 49 states. Apparently it's legal in Colorado. Uh, Honestly, I, it was one of those beautiful, sweet moments because uh, besides the fact that he, he did it with uh, violent, um, within the rules um, action, he executed the play, uh, which takes some patience, some restraint, but then you got to get to where you got to get, and then let's go uh, knock someone down. So uh, it's a great feeling, and I, you know, I asked him, I said, how, how does that feel? I mean, that's about as good as it gets for an old lineman. I mean, you know, you take a guy, you drive him against his will, put him on his back uh, to put two guys down and then spring your back and then feel that back uh, go through for a score. That's a great feeling. So for me uh, to watch our guys execute in a moment like that, I feel great for them and you know, it brings me great joy. That's why I love coaching. How many times did you do that in your career? 
pancake a couple guys on the same play? Uh, I don't know that I ever did. I mean, my game was a little different than Trey's. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that you guys have to watch a lot in this offense is the guys downfield, legal man downfield sometimes mm -hmm. on some of these plays. How difficult is that coaching part of it, especially when your quarterback may be scrambling and the way they're trying to kind of call that pretty close in the league? Yeah, uh, it's definitely uh, something that we do coach, uh, whether you're talking uh, pass game where, you know, things uh, might be breaking down and now Pat's trying to uh, get on the move and create. Um, so our guys, I think, are, you know, keenly aware of it. We had one a, a week or two ago, and we're just a step over that line uh, as our guys are trying to work to extend. But you can also see that they're well aware of where they're at. And then in the run game, you know, we run more RPO-type plays than anybody in the league. There's a few others that are catching up or – you know, doing a great job with it. But that's something that that's part of that I've learned as I've evolved through my coaching career. Hey, man, we get, this is something you got to teach on this because if it's a throw read, we can't be downfield. Our guys have uh, done a pretty good job at um, uh, buying into that and then executing it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, thanks. How's everyone doing? Hey, Coach, uh, first year in this role for you, and you got a lot of young guys that you're working with. Just how has the season been going for you? You know, the season's been going well. The group of guys, you know, those five guys, they've done a great job just coming in every day. They're eager to learn. They want to work hard. They're ultra competitors. So, you know, it's easy when you have those traits, you know, they want, they want to do the right thing every time they're out there. So it's, it's an easy group um, for us to coach, and it's a lot of fun at the same time. How have you seen Brian Cook develop? What have you really learned about him this year? You know, Brian does an outstanding job. Um, he is super smart uh, every day. He sits kind of right in front of me in the meeting, and he just takes notes after notes after notes. And he's a guy that he wants to be perfect. He's always want, always wants to be coached, wants to do the right thing. And you know, when he had his opportunity, when Juan was down that one game, he went in, and you know, he played extremely well for us. So we're we're, we're happy with the process, the progress that uh, Brian's making. How much is for, especially young defensive backs, is confidence and, you know, being able to put away a bad play? Yeah, it's huge. You know, we always tell them, go to the next play, go to the next play. You know, it's a long football game. Those guys are out there, a lot of snaps, playing press, you know, and it's not an easy thing to do. Um, so we tell them, you know, you may give up a play. Those guys are good, too. This National Football League, when the time comes to make your play, go make it. Um, but it's always we're always reinforced on the next play. You got to have confidence at that position. That's kind of where it all starts with those guys. What sort of challenge this week is there? I mean, the Texans obviously got a great record, and it's National Football League, as you said. But they might play a couple of quarterbacks. Could be in the series doing that. Is the prep been a little bit different this week? You know, it has. We take it one game at a time with all our guys in the room. And obviously, we saw what they did against Dallas last week, who is a good football team plays good defense. So that two quarterback system, we're definitely going to be aware of, you know, which guy's in the game. And, um, you know, our guys will, they'll be ready to play. You know, we, there's a lot at stake for us. And, you know, every opportunity we get to be out on the field, those guys want to take advantage of it. You've seen one over the years, and, and especially his rookie year, be that flash, that ball hawk interception type ability. And, and I think he's got one this year, but how do you just continue to try to get him to lean into that a little bit of being aggressive? And yeah. The right spot? Yeah. He's doing a good job, you know, and, and he's in his spot. He's doing his job. And, you know, sometimes the ball just doesn't find those guys in the back end, which could be a good thing. You know, we got them covered. The quarterback doesn't want to throw the ball there. But, you know, we just keep harping on them, whether it's in practice, in the game, when the ball's thrown your way, when you have that opportunity, go take advantage of it. You know, we, we try to go get that ball first. So he's doing a good job, you know, doing his job. And when it comes, we always tell them they're going to come in bunches at the same time. So we're excited about that. Last one. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <clears throat>